Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. It is Sunday, August 28th, and this is your daily financial news. Lots of things going on as we set up for another exciting week in the market. Remember Friday, we had a thousand point down day. I will be interested to see what Mr. Dan Bird says later today about the market setup. Do we have more pain ahead? What is going on? I know I'm excited for that uh, interview. Hopefully you are as well. Plus, I have two surprise guests, one at 8, one at 9 a.m., that I promise you, you are going to enjoy. Today's going to be a good day. Today's going to be a good day. So let's get into it. Let's actually start at the bottom. Let's start at the bottom with 1978 to 1982. One of the things that I see being reported in the news media here recently is people flashing back to 1978 to 1982. Why is that important? Because this was the last time we had a Federal Reserve who was aggressively raising rates to fight inflation. Now, no one is here to say that it's going to react the same way. But if you have taken time to digest the 52-year spreadsheet, which I have given you for over a year now. It is available on Teachable in my free course, link below. I didn't know where else to put it. It is free. It has to be consumed. You have to get it. You have to look at it. There is an amazing amount of detail. But when you look at 1978 to 1982, you see a time where the Federal Reserve was aggressive. You see a time where the Federal Reserve doubled the Fed funds rate. And you could look at what happened to housing, transactions, prices. You could look at what happened to um, the S&P 500, the stock market. You could look at what happened to wages, unemployment, the misery index. All of these things are in there. You have to consume history to give you a feel for what is possible. One of the reasons I have felt very confident calling a housing transaction crash early and we were right was because I digested and understood what happens when you have an aggressive Fed fighting inflation. The data is there for you. We have a full tab listing our data sources. So we've been giving you this for a year now. We have more and more media. Fortune, Forbes, CNBC, MSNBC have all talked about the housing market, 1978 to 82. Do yourself a favor, get the spreadsheet, dig in. There's a link below. It's entirely free. I just didn't know where else to put it. You do have to log into Teachable to get it. It's in the bonus section. So again, what happened? Housing. New, new home sales, existing home sales, both fell 50%. Housing recession, 
what I will call a housing depression. I would argue that a 50% collapse is a depression. Housing, 15% of GDP, will pull the economy into a recession. I believe Jerome Powell wants it to happen. Jerome Powell wants the housing market to pull the economy into a recession. I think he's going to get his wish sooner rather than later. Next, housing market activity. Redfin puts out a lot of amazing data. I actually just recorded uh, a review of going through the latest article that will be posted later today. But here's the kind of high level. Housing inventory is up. New list. I'm sorry. Redfin, August 25th. New listings. New listings. Fell. 15%. If you watch my channel for the last couple of weeks, this is what I was afraid of. Is that this wave of listings post July 20th, which was the date that I told you the market changed, and it did. We are now seeing cancellations. We are seeing sellers say, it is a bad time to sell. I'll sell next year. This is what we expected. Listings are going to go down. Listings are actually down half a percent year on year. That is not good. If you are hoping for a price crash, you need listings to skyrocket. And as I've said the last couple of weeks, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you are going to be greatly disappointed. We have demand and supply destruction like 1978 to 1982. Today, Google activity, buying a home, down 16%. Home tours, down 12%. Purchase applications, down 21%. Pending home sales, down 17%. New listings, down 15%. And days on market, according to Redfin, is already up to 25 days. This is what's going to happen. Investors, please hear me now. If you are in a market where iBuyers, specifically open door, is prevalent, please look at days on market. If you see an open door listing that's greater than 90 days, write a stupid low offer. We had a student write a 420 offer on a 560 listing. It was negotiated to 430 plus two points of closing costs for a net of 422. Most of you don't have the balls to write that offer. Write that offer. What's the worst thing that Open Door could say? No. Who cares? Write another one. We did a live stream yesterday with 60 minutes of Q&A at two different occasions. We had, I don't know what you call them, chatters? I don't know, people that were chatting with us. Say, hey, Michael, I'm feeling depressed. I've written some offers and I haven't got anything. One person wrote 15, one person wrote five. Let me tell you right now, writing five offers and being disappointed is a joke. Five offers for me is a weekend. Let me know when you get to 50 or 100 offers. Let's have real expectations. You are not walking into Walmart and Target and buying a toaster oven. You are buying a house and you have to find the right seller. I am here to tell you that maybe, 
these stupid i buyers are a place to go shopping right low offers what is the worst they can say and again in that example open door bought that property for 502 they are guaranteed to lose almost 70 grand if they had zero repair cost and zero holding costs which you and i know isn't true Open door is probably going to lose a hundred grand on that one house. Open door is going to be closed door, but you go get your piece. Powell, I again, I'm excited. I'll be excited for one more day. Powell walked up to Mr. Stock Market, kicked him in the nuts. He also walked up to the 10 richest people in the world and kicked them in the nuts. It is reported. That the top 1% of the 1% of the 1% lost $78.5 billion in an eight-minute speech. Folks, I did the math. I think this is right. Jerome Powell cost these gazillionaires $162.5 million a second. <laughs> oh, that's that's some powerful stuff. Jerome Powell. 162 million bucks a second. I don't know why. That just tickles me. Again, I believe he took control. But Jerome, all of us are watching. We need a 75-point rate hike on September 21st. Or I'm going to call you out for being weak. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt today. We'll see what happens in three weeks. New listings we already talked about being down 15%. There's... Uh, some reports out there that evictions will skyrocket. This is kind of like forbearance and foreclosures. We have had essentially two years where evictions were not allowed. I think there's no questions evictions are going to go up. But I want to ask you a question. I want to give you a real life example. I have a tenant in one of my nicer houses who has decided not to pay rent for two years. Remember, they have never lost their job. Never lost their job. They decided not to pay because the government said they didn't have to. For the last two years, she has had different city, state, and federal organizations pay her rent. That train is slowly drying up. She has now been conditioned that she doesn't have to pay rent and she is spending her money on other things. <coughs> she did not pay her rent on August 1st. There are no more agencies paying her rent. Should I feel bad that I have to evict her? You tell me. The government said she didn't have to pay. She listened. She didn't save a penny. Think about it. She has had over $25,000 from federal, state, and city organizations. Almost 30 grand. She likes that. She wants other people to pay her rent. The gravy train is over. Should I feel bad evicting her? I don't think so. I think she should have saved her money. She never lost her job. I mean, I mean, what are we doing? Seriously, do we not have any personal responsibility? That's what we're talking about here. Have we lost 
personal responsibility? Are we just supposed to have the government pay for everything? And oh, by the way, let's not forget Fresno's vacancy rate, record low. When I eventually evict her in the next 60 days or so, I will have no problem filling it back up because there's lots of people that would love to rent this single family home. There are a lot of people, whether you like to admit it or not, who have been conditioned by the government to not pay their bills. Is that a problem for you and me? Where's personal responsibility? It seems to have been lacking because the big, I mean, we can't live in a society where the government picks up the check for everybody. That, that's a problem. So the last thing I want to talk about is Phoenix, Arizona. I want to give credit to John Wake. John Wake is a great Twitter follow. Uh, we've had him on the channel. He talked about the Phoenix market in detail. So if you are talking about a transaction crash and a pricing crash happening at the same time, that's not how history works. So again, we talked about 1978 to 1982. Let's talk about 2005 to 2009, Phoenix, Arizona. Again, all of these details, John Wake, W-A-K-E on Twitter. June 2005. Record Phoenix transactions. Again, he calls it sales peak. We're going to call it transactions to maintain our consistency. 8,387. June 2005. By April of 2006, we are already seeing pain. We are already seeing pain. April 2006. Transactions down to 5,272. Important, only 36 foreclosures. Now, fast forward to July 07. July 07, transactions continued to crash. July 07, we put in a bottom at 3,436. So again, about two years, we had a two-year decline where transactions fell more than 50% from 8,000 to 3,000. It takes two years. What happened in July of 07 to price? You now had July 05 price. So pricing is down. Now things get bad. Things get bad. March of 09. We have, huh, this is amazing. In March of 09, we went, we had 5,416 foreclosures or short sales. I'll say that again. March of 2009, Phoenix, Arizona, 5,416 foreclosures or short sales. Prices down 
from the peak of July 07. Folks, housing transactions crash much, 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 much faster than price. Channels talking about price crashes 2022 are comical. That's not how it works. It takes years. It takes cascading. It takes volume. Transactions peak at 83, call it 8,400. Six months later, nine months later, transactions down 3,000, but only 36 foreclosures. Fast forward a year, we, we have 3,436 transactions that have been cut in half, but foreclosures don't peak until another two years. <coughs> From 05 peak of transactions, we didn't have peak pain until 2009. Again, follow John Wake on Twitter. All the data is there. It is all sourced. Uh, It is a lot of fun to take a look at. So again, daily financial news. I hope you have a wonderful day. Sunday the 28th, we've got two surprise guests at 8 and 9. And then, of course, Dan at 10 o'clock to talk about the stock market. Have a wonderful day. Bye.